Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News travel editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week from Tampa, Florida. I'll be joined by Tampa Mayor Jane Castor to talk about the city's explosive growth and the challenges of managing all the new residents who've moved there during the pandemic. And along with that, Huge population surge has come an amazing food scene. 16 new cutting-edge chefs in the city, and one of them, Dr. Jamaris Glenn, explains what brought him to Tampa, and of course, an explanation of the culinary revolution in the city. Then, Gary Leff, founder of ViewFromTheWing.com, he stops by and deconstructs the current state of airline frequent flyer programs. For many people, that might not be a pretty picture, but one you need to understand. First up, the Honorable Mayor of Tampa, Jane Castor. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thank you for joining us, Madam Mayor. My pleasure, my pleasure. All right, so you've got, what, back-to-back Stanley Cup wins? Mm-hmm. Right? We almost had a three-peat, uh, came to up just a bit short to the Colorado Avalanche, but we're back. We're starting tonight. Right? And do I really need to talk about the football team? Well, we oh, not after Sunday's game, but uh, <laughs> we did win that Super Bowl, and yes, uh, up to Tom Brady, we would have been back in the Super Bowl for a uh, second uh uh, trophy, but Lombardi the cool thing trophy. about that Super Bowl is you won it at home. At home, the first ever to win at home. So it was so talk exciting about a win-win, for our right? Community. It really was. It was incredible. Now let's talk about Tampa Bay because I remember coming here. And, and by the way, when you get off the plane at the airport and you get on the little tram, the first voice <laughs> you hear is you, right? Um, which is nice. I love it. But but the most interesting thing about that airport is it actually works. Oh. I mean, I, as you can imagine, I travel over 425,000 miles a year. And when people ask me what my favorite airports are, I have a problem figuring out an airport in this country. We haven't had a new airport in this country since Denver, and that was 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when somebody says they're building a new airport, no, they're not. They're redoing a bad airport. Right, right. right. And, the, and the fact that they're gleaming and shiny doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're better. They're, they're functional. Just, they're, right, That's exactly. what Tampa is. Tampa is actually a functional airport. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you're going to laugh because I always, I always say, why do you go to the airport? Do you get up in the morning, honestly, does anybody ever get up in the morning and say, I can't wait to go to the airport? No, you can't wait to go through it because that's why you're there, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of this, I actually do my sh- I do some shopping at the airport. Oh, I like to hear that. I know. Well, that's a yes. business model. It's a little crazy. But the point is, it's set up perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And the signage is good. I don't get lost, Right. It's it's not it's not a, and how old is that airport now? Oh, it is an old 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 airport, but it's all in the design and everything you say is music to my ears because I say every day we have the best airport in the world and it is rated number 1 in the nation right, right. now. But Miss Madam Mayor, I won't say it's the best in the world. Okay. Uh, that's going a little too far. Okay. Well, I mean, have you been to the airport in Doha and Qatar? No, I have not. Okay, you would actually move into the airport. You'd move there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, it's that good. But in the United States, I I would agree with you. Now, have you seen our pink flamingo? Because that has got to put us up over the edge. Tell me about the pink flamingo. Tell me. The pink flamingo uh, is, it literally, it appears as if you're standing underwater, and then there's a giant pink flamingo that has its head underwater and then its legs and a portion of its body. So that's a new art installation at, at our Tampa airport, but it is incredible. Now, you know, it's interesting. When people talk about art installations at airports, uh, or it's like the rocking chairs at the Charlotte airport, mm-hmm. 
when you see those rocking chairs, the message they're sending me is, you're going to be here a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? But an art installation, is as long as you're going to the plane, why wouldn't you want to see stuff? Right. See something. And, and I would also submit that we have uh, among the most incredible art exhibits of any airport. But it really comes down to the design of it. And I don't know how anyone who's building a new or refurbished airport wouldn't do the hub and spoke. We have the hub that you talked about right. that has local restaurants and, and merchandise. And then each airlines uh, has their own uh, airside so we go out to those so it just takes away all of that congestion that you see in so many other airports and it's very relaxing the signage as you indicated is perfect you get where you need to go and you actually hear a goodbye and welcome message from the mayor and the mayor would be who? I'm sorry. <laughs> but right now it's me, but I have uh, one more term. So we're two term, two four year terms. And, and you're here. term limited. Yes, term limited, two four year terms, and I'm up for election this coming March. Gotcha. So let's talk about the development where we are right now, because the, this is a very interesting development considering mm -hmm. how young or how old you want to look at Tampa. Right. right. I yes. mean, explain this to me. So we have our. Uh, Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning that was purchased by Jeff Venick, who lived in Jeff and Penny Venick, uh, resided in Boston. Uh, they bought the Tampa Bay Lightning here. Shortly thereafter, moved down. They were going to wait until their oldest son graduated, or youngest son graduated from high school, and their son said, no, I want to move to Tampa. So they <laughs> moved down here. Uh, Jeff, being the visionary that he is, realized that there was a number of, of flat parking area in this particular location, Water Street, that's right by our port and our downtown and a channel side area. And it hadn't been developed. Hadn't been developed at all. So he bought 55 acres, partnered with uh, Gates, and is building Water Street. And it is just an unbelievable, first-of-its-kind community. It's uh, LEED certified, and it's just incredible. And it's not just hotels and sporting arenas. It's mixed use. It's mixed use. It's right on the waterway. It just is incredible. What's the biggest challenge? Because, you know, there's development on one hand, and then there's over-tourism and over-development on the other. Mm -hmm. You're always walking that fine line. Yes, we are always walking that fine line. But one of the ways that we were able to get through the pandemic so well, as opposed to uh, some other municipalities, was the fact that we are so economically diversified. We have, as I like to argue, the best airport in the world. We have the one of the best airport in the United States. Okay. Don't go there. No, I am. I'm going to have to until I make that long okay, trip. Okay. But uh, we also have uh, one of the largest ports in the nation in the top 10 here in central Florida. And we are also diversified. Clearly, we, we have a large number of tourists that want to come to our area. But we also have a very large uh, uh, finance portfolio, pharmaceuticals, tech, um, entrepreneurial, innovative. You name it, we have it here in the Tampa Bay region. You know, what we saw during the pandemic, and I'm assuming what you saw as well, is that it wasn't planned. It was not orchestrated at all, but it gave Americans an opportunity to rethink their role in life, to mm -hmm. rethink their quality of life, to rethink their, their earning capacity, their own profession, what their passions were. And a lot of people took that two-year period and acted on it. A lot of people moved to Florida. They sure did, and they came to Tampa. 
and uh, and we open or welcome them with open open arms. We've had so many businesses uh, come here. We had one individual that was invited down from New York. Um, had a, a relationship with someone down here that was in real estate, said, bring your family down just for a weekend, ended up selling his condominium in New York City and moved his business down just based on that visit. Same thing with Super Bowl. Explain. Had businesses that, that moved down here just based on coming to the Super Bowl and saying, I had no idea that this, the Tampa Bay region, we're the city of Tampa, but the Tampa Bay basically consists of the city of Tampa, Clearwater, and St. Petersburg, and all have characteristics that are attractive worldwide. And so it's a great area. So what you're saying was, for so many people, the discovery was accidental. Yes, without a doubt. Wow. Uh, how many people did come down? Have you been able to measure that? All of them. No. <laughs> yes, we have looked at, uh, you know, the, the statistics vary, uh, but on average, about 100 people a day move to this region. Wow. It's a lot. It is. And can it support mm-hmm. it? Yes. However, we do, the focus of my administration are on the issues that are important to, um, you know, our community, transportation, uh, housing affordability and workforce development. Transportation, I like to joke, uh, it's not funny to the transit people, but I say we're so far behind, we think we're first. But we do have uh, transit solutions. Our streetcar, matter of fact, that goes right in front of the addition here, is the uh, has the second highest ridership in the United States. What, what is your motto? My motto is go Bolts. All right. Mayor Jan Caster, please admit to me that you were a lifelong hockey fan. I would like to say that, but I actually have never been on ice skates in my life. But I am a rabid, rabid hockey fan now, especially for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you like to go to a game and a fight breaks out. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you go to a, you go to a fight and yeah, a hockey game a breaks hockey out. Game breaks out. Unbelievable. So this is a new experience for you then? Mm -hmm. It was, exactly. But uh, it's been so exciting for our community. Tampa Bay Lightning sell out every game that they have. Look what happened in Las Vegas with their hockey team Mm -hmm. in the middle of the the desert. Of the desert. It really is amazing, but it's just so exciting. It's such an exciting sport. Uh, You know, the action is nonstop, and it's incredible. And we have, I would also argue, the best best owners of uh, a sporting franchise in Jeff and Penny Vinnick. They give back $50,000 at every home game. They give $50,000 to a local charity, nonprofit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about infrastructure and growth here, because right before the break, we were talking about transportation, mm-hmm. housing, jobs. What are those challenges for you right mm-hmm. now? Well, they're large challenges. If you want to talk about infrastructure, then let's go just a little bit deeper than yeah. that. When I was first elected, uh, we passed the largest infrastructure bill in the city's history, $3 billion to replace are aging water and wastewater pipes, and some that are 80 to 100 years old. And by the way, if you don't do that, you don't have a community. Right, you don't at all. And so that has been a focus, and and it's fascinating, too, the the advancements in those areas and the way that you don't have to dig up all the streets to be able to replace those pipes. I find it just absolutely I'm fascinated with that. I know. Look, I'm, look, I'm still fascinated. Call me silly, but you, know, you ask kids where food comes from, they tell you the story. Not really. Right. right. I'm still fascinated when I turn on the faucet, water comes out. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about that. I pick mm-hmm. up the phone and you answer it. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I know. So if you have to fix it, 
that's even much more of a challenge. Right, without a doubt. And there's there are so many uh, technologies. For example, with the wastewater, that's all gravity um, uh, function. And so instead of digging up the pipes, you put a fiberglass sleeve in there, put pressurized hot water through, and it cures. Oh, so it. you're putting you it through. You don't have to oh, replace God. the pipe. And then you have a little robot that goes out and cuts out the the house uh, connections. Amazing. It is amazing. And you were able to do that. And we, we're in the process of, of doing that. And then in transportation, ensuring that our residents have viable uh, transit options where they can get to whatever they need to get to, work, um, medical, uh, entertainment. And then by providing any type of mass transit solutions, we can take that cost off the budget plate. And that's usually number two. And hopefully it becomes self-sustaining. Exactly. What about Brightline? Brightline is coming. Uh, They are coming from Orlando to Tampa uh, with a stop in Lakeland. And they have identified a uh, transit station down in the Ybor City area. So we're very excited about that and believe that that will... Uh, that project will be completed very quickly, uh, lightning speed as far as transit projects are considered, because they have the right-of-way along Interstate 4 already. You know, if you take a look at the history, uh, which I call a sad history of, of high-speed rail in this country, mm-hmm. every city says they want it. Everybody says they want it, right? Uh, and yet, if you want to go from north to south, let's say from Los Angeles to San Francisco, every mayor along the route says, we want it, but the, but the train has to stop here. It right. just became a local, mm-hmm. right? How do we do that in Florida? Right. Well, then the, then you're looking at uh, two different right. aspects. You yeah. know, if you want the high speed from Orlando to Tampa and be able to, to complete that trip in, say, 15, 20 minutes as opposed to anywhere from an hour and a half to four hours, then you can't have a stop in every single city. Right. So you're talking or, or about at least, two Or types. at least one of the trains is a local. Right, exactly. You could do mm-hmm. that. You definitely can do that. Speaking of trains, one of our saddest stories, which, by the way, has still the best potential, is Amtrak. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Are there any Amtrak trains in town? We do. We actually have an Amtrak station right down in uh, the heart of downtown Tampa, and it goes to the outskirts of Orlando and then traverses up the northeast and then on to other routes. When was the last time you were on an Amtrak train? Never. <laughs> no, I won't say uh, I have been on Amtrak from D.C. to yeah, that, New York. That, that doesn't count. But no. I have not from from uh, Tampa. I have to tell you, there are train routes in this country that are still viable and still being used for long-haul trains. If you have a little bit of time, mm-hmm. it's great. Yes. You know, food's not so great, mm-hmm. but the actual experience is great. Right. Yeah. And then you look at uh, Eurorail. Yeah. And, you know, that that connectivity uh, throughout Europe where you can get anywhere you want very quickly via train, high-speed trains. So. Well, right now, and this gets me to my next question for you about the airport, is what we're seeing in Europe right now is governments now legislating and ruling that on short-haul flights, they're not allowed to operate them. It has to be by train. So that if you're going to go from London to Paris, why would you do that to yourself? It's a five-hour trip just to get to the airport and get from the airport. You just take the channel, right? Mm. Two and a half hours, True. you're there. If you're in if you're in Amsterdam right now, you, you want to go anywhere. The, the airline itself is advertising in the newspapers on television. Please
please don't fly our planes. When was the last time you heard that? Never. You know, I go back, and this is my, my sort of like simplified American history. When the stagecoaches stopped going, we had ghost towns. We have now airlines in this country now in the wake of both the pandemic and, and the staff shortage issue that are basically not just slashing flights off the schedule, they're slashing routes. They're getting rid of routes. So Toledo, Ohio, basically is a ghost town at the airport now. American United and Delta, stop service. Islip, New York, Ithaca, New York, Eureka, California, Mobile, Dubuque, Iowa, Moline, Illinois. Right now, Tampa is a pretty big airport, but you still can't take anything for granted, right? True. So, how are you going to sustain that service and that and that level of service in the wake of airlines saying, "No, we want to take our planes where we can make more money mm-hmm. or well, lose less money"? I would argue that Tampa is that location, and we actually are adding flights and airlines to our airport. We are in the process, uh, had intended to have it already well under construction, a new international airside dedicated solely to international With a separate customs facility and everything. Yes. So our airport is growing, growing dynamically. But I hear you on the the other sort of smaller cities. But uh, an interesting fact for me personally as a parent, uh, one of my sons just completed his training as a flight attendant for Breeze Airways. I know Breeze very well. David Newman, yes. He is heading to uh, Charleston to begin work this Friday. Well, that's an interesting, you know the concept of that airline they're not flying between major hubs right they're flying one underserved city to another mm-hmm. and, and, and and the guy who's running that airline has been a success at everything else he's tried right he started JetBlue. he started azul in 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 south america and now he has breeze mm-hmm. and it's a great concept yeah. and and uh from what everything i've heard from the inside from my son and his training it's exceptional so so, so uh, what you're telling me, Madam Mayor, is that sooner or later you're going to get the family discount? <laughs> I don't know if I'll get the family discount, but I'll definitely be. I love Charleston. I love to visit whenever I can, but I, something says I'll be visiting there more often. And to give you an idea of the, of the route network that they're doing, I mean, if you want to go from Myrtle Beach to Grand Rapids, they fly it. Mm-hmm. And they fly into Tampa. Right. And they're flying to Long Island. And they're, fly, they're not necessarily going, they're not going to be at LaGuardia. Right, they, they, they're not that stupid. Right, they're not going to be at O'Hare. They're not going to be, at, but they will be at LAX. But they're going to be flying from like Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. on a nonstop. And it is fascinating to me using the the data analytics to figure out where your you know project where uh, those customers for your airlines are going to be, and it isn't in those major hubs. You know, you're providing to your point earlier. Nobody goes except to Tampa International. Nobody goes to the airport just to visit the restaurants or the merchants, um, but. This will take the stress away from flying. You know, if you're going into a small airport to get to your destination without having to stop anywhere in between and right. change planes, which, that's which very increases the chance of a cancellation a or a delay. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, the other thing about about this is when you realize, I'll give you my example that just happened to me last night. I was coming from Louisville, Kentucky, to get to Tampa. In order to do that on Delta, of course, you've got to go through Atlanta. Mm-hmm. My connecting flight left at 10.30 at night. Now, in the old days, I knew exactly what that plane was and why it was coming here. It was a positioning flight. They weren't expecting any traffic. They wanted to have that plane here so it could start the next day. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why they did it. And it was usually a small little baby plane with a captain that spoke three octaves higher. You know, hi. (laughs) Right? 
I got on the plane last night. It was a, it was a 757 completely full at 1040 at night coming wow. to Tampa. And I'm like, well, did I not get the bulletin? Did I, was there a memo I missed? You know what? You're getting traffic. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. That's awesome. I love to hear that. And I, I like to hear you came from Louisville, my friend Greg Fishers, the mayor there that uh, invented bourbonism, according to him. Oh, listen, but, uh, can, uh, you can't, when you land at the, at the Louisville airport, you can't walk five feet without passing another bourbon ad. Right. I know it is. It's very interesting, but he's done an incredible job yeah. and his, his term is up and uh, he's really grown Louisville in a, in a fascinating way. My father always had a joke about... Uh, the Atlanta connection. He used to always say that when you died, you'd have to go to Atlanta before you could go to heaven. And you know why he came up with that? It was Eastern Airlines. Eastern Airlines. It was Eastern Airlines. You couldn't go anywhere on Eastern Airlines unless you went through Atlanta. Went to Atlanta. And in the old days, I'm not, do you remember the name Lester Maddox? Yes. Terrible segregationist. He had a he had a cafe or a luncheonette. He also had one at the airport in the old days. Oh my goodness. And you know what they sold? Sides of bacon. I mean, sides of ham. I mean, big sides of pork were hanging on. The- this is the Atlanta airport. Oh my goodness! I mean, things have changed. Yes, a bit. <laughs> just yeah, just a little bit. Right. Mayor Jane Castor from the city of Tampa Bay. Thank you so much. And is there anything you want to say about about hockey fans again? Oh, uh, well, it's been such a. Uh, no, you're supposed to say. Go Bolts. Yeah, well, I want to say it's been such a pleasure, Peter, and you can join me at the opening game for the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, and you yourself can scream, Go Bolts! <laughs> and a fight will break out. There you go. My thanks to Mayor Castor. Until recently, Tampa has been defined by a few legendary restaurants like Burns or the Columbia, long-standing and iconic institutions. But recently, there's been a dramatic change. More world-class chefs are moving to Tampa, and I'll speak with one of them, Dr. Jamaris Glenn, about this development. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My next guest I actually met in New York a couple of weeks ago and was blown away by his food and then blown away by what's really going on here on the food scene in Tampa. So I said, you've got to come on the show. <laughs> um, and he, the, the, his name is preceded by the title doctor. So to confuse yes. you all, yes. <laughs> to confuse you all, he got his doctorate <laughs> in the College of Pharmacy. I did, I did. And Pharmaceutical Sciences at Florida A&M. Yes. And now you're a chef. And now I am in the kitchen. I'm doing everything, man. Dr. Jamaris Glenn. <laughs> yes, sir. How are you, Peter? How, explain that transition. So... 
you know, I've always loved food. I've always found that food is the great uniter. It and is. And by the way, even though this is radio, you look like you like to eat. <laughs> Listen, I'm a healthy guy. I love to. I love food, and I love it. Just it. It's, it's, it gives me nostalgia. It reminds me of the times growing up with my mom and my grandmother. And every time we would be uh, in college and studying, there would always be always be food present, studying, talking. And just having a great time. And I was like, I would really love to open up a space to where people Basically can come Basically what you were saying that. was, it was a little studying, a yeah. little talking, a little and, a, talking. Lot, and, a, a, lot and a lot of eating. And a lot of eating. A lot of eating. So I'm, but I'm grateful I passed. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your restaurant, 7th yeah. and Grove. Yes. Because it's one of about 16 yes. cutting edge restaurants. Yes here in Tampa Bay yes. that weren't here four years ago. Not at all, This no. has been an explosion. It has been an explosion, and we're grateful to be a part of it. Uh, Seventh and Grove is what I usually call a culturally immersive space. You come in, and you are kind of transported to this really great place of Southern hospitality. And so we have uh, elevated Southern cuisine. Wait a minute, Florida oh. Southern hospitality? Florida, no, not just Florida, because you know I, my background is I'm West Indian as well. My mother's Guyanese. So you get that, you have that, you have Louisiana influences, the oh, Carolina. So wait, uh, then I have two words to share yes, with you. Yes. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. I knew it. And that's not even hot. Let me explain. It's, it is mouth burning, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. So, um, But it's, it's a really great space. You can come and enjoy food with your friends, bachelorettes, um, bachelorette parties, uh, you know, networking, anything that you essentially want to do, you can do there. Uh, but now let's talk about the food itself. Absolutely. All right. And you know, you mentioned your mom and your grandma. Yes. This is where it started. Absolutely. My my mother was a, a big, big influence in my life. And I, like I was saying in New York, I would come home from school and that the smell would come out of her house. And I know she was cooking up something good. And there was always music attached to it. But what was she cooking? Listen, so I mean, let me explain. So she would have her kalaloo, which is a West Indian dish, very simple, like greens and things like that. Collard greens, what you, what, macaroni what, what, Greens and, and things like that? Things like that. <laughs> Collard greens. Macaroni and cheese. She'd have fried chicken. She'd have a, a snapper, fried snapper. She'll have rice and peas, uh, roti, oxtails. It's like a smorgasbord of all different types of cultures. Okay, that becomes all those things. Absolutely. Okay, now I get it. So that's what that's what mom was cooking. Yes, yes, and uh, she loved it. She loved it every every minute of it, and she taught me a lot of the things that she knows today. All right, so. Today. What did you translate from? I mean, what what made that transition from yeah. learning from mom and I suppose your grandma too? Of course. Right? Was there one dish that your mom... L let me tell you my story. Okay. My mom could not cook. <laughs> my mom would serve me lima beans and Come say, on. you've got to eat it because of all those starving children in India. And I have one lima bean and say, I now know why they're starving because they don't want to eat this either. They don't like it at all. No. So I mean, was there one thing that your mom cooked better than everything else? Yes. Or was there one thing that she cooked that you said, never again? So this was always a dish that she cooked that made me, even as a kid, a little husky kid, I would sneak into, <laughs> this is why I'm husky. I sneak, I would sneak <laughs> after night, uh, at the middle of the night and eat from this pot it was her oxtails and i would sop it up with some roti which is like a like a bread like non bread almost and i would just eat that all day and it just it gave me all the chills and the thrills now what i would not eat is eggs i hated eggs scrambled eggs i don't know why i still hate it today you know what i hate it. i hate it. <laughs> it's just the texture it's very it was, like no, it was like eating no 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 for, no for me it wasn't scrambled eggs wasn't like eating membranes yeah. scrambled eggs was like eating paste yeah <laughs> Yeah, I could I couldn't get with it at all. So that was something I would stay away from. And by the way, I have a similar experience with omelets. 
If you're going to make mm. me an omelet, it better be dripping. It better be wet. Yeah. It better be, I mean, the cheese has to be <laughs> melting in my mouth. Yes. If, if it comes out like, looking like a rock, Mm-mm. I'm going to throw it against That's the wall. That's a no-go. <laughs> right. Well, at least you're giving it a chance. I, I don't. <laughs> I just say absolutely not. All right. So going. so we're not, eggs are not a big part of your menu. Not a big part. Of, well, it is, but, Uh-oh, you know, here it comes. <laughs> okay. I don't particularly go for it, but we're big. In brunch time, you know, brunch culture is huge, so eggs and grits is always on the menu. Now- not a lot of places in Florida that I know of yeah. have grits on the menu. And that's unfortunate, but we do. <laughs> so, and we love when this is, we do talk about Southern hospitality. Grits has to be on your menu. And we use Gouda and all different types of cheeses. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. Listen, Listen. Every, the <laughs> best grilled cheese sandwich in the world for me yeah. is grilled Gouda Ooh. with caramelized onions. I love that. I love you that. with me on that? Give me a beefsteak tomato with it, and we good to go. Or well, some tomato soup. Well, you know what? You take the beefsteak tomato on okay. the side. I'm just going for the cheese, right. the onions, and the... <laughs> Come on. I just, I guess I feel a little healthier when it comes from, you know, something from the garden. Oh, oh okay, right. You're whooping down a grilled <laughs> there cheese you sandwich, go. and you're, oh, look, look a, a tomato. tomato. Exactly. I can justify the meal. I got it. Okay. I got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, so now I got to ask you this. With all the restaurants coming up, sure. right? And you know all the other chefs. Yeah. It's now a community, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They're so inviting. And when I tell you, every chance that I get, I go and I make sure that I uh, patronize their businesses. I mean, we have some incredible, incredible restaurants here. And um, I'm happy to be a part. Every time I get a chef on the show, yeah. I got to ask them this one question. Mm-hmm. And that is, when you open the restaurant, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you put on the menu that said, this is the home run. This is the saving grace of this restaurant. Yeah. Everybody's going to come and order this menu, yes. this item on the menu, and it tanked. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> okay, so tell me quick, the truth. <laughs> quick backstory: We name all of our dishes after songs. Okay, and so we had a dish. Is called, there an Aretha Franklin song? There is not. Ooh. There should be. I love me some Aretha, so I'll remember that. Is there that. a Shaka Khan? There is a Shaka Khan. There is a Shaka Khan. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have a Shaka Khan song. We have. Um, but of course, it can't just be Shaka. Chaka, Chaka, no, it's, Chaka, a feel, it's actually feel for you. Yeah, that's what we call it. Oh, that's, yeah. it. that's what she does. Okay, fine. All right, so no Aretha, but you got a no. Chaka. Yeah. You, you have a Whitney. No, uh, not a Whitney yet. We have Luther Barry Teddy Pendergrass. Barry White. Barry White. Yeah, we just had started a dish called "Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby," and that and they can't get. Okay, no. okay. Well, okay, tell me. What's in that dish? Okay, so that is, uh, we use a sage mashed potatoes, it's grilled asparagus, and then we use a, a, a ribeye steak. And it is uh, amazing with a, a, a crab chimichurri. So, you, the, the, see, it's not just the dish. If yeah. I were coming to the restaurant and ordering the can't get enough of your love, yeah. Barry White edition, yes. I would have to stand there over the table yes. and continue to pull handkerchiefs out of my pocket there you go. and throw it to women. <laughs> And never move. And never move. If you've ever been to a Barry White concert, and I've been Ooh. there, he never moved on the stage. He, he just reached iconic. in and pulled out another handkerchief. <laughs> reached in, pulled out another handkerchief. And underwear and, was coming out of it. And explained the women would go crazy. They would go crazy. <laughs> All right, so now i got to go back to the first question. Yes. The dish that tanked. Yeah. So we had a dish called the Can We Talk, which was named after well, That's a Tevin. bad name to call a dish that's <laughs> It's named after a Tevin Campbell song. But it was this like weird turkey dish that everybody just couldn't get jiggy with it. It was like a grilled turkey. Wait, and you, like, you missed it. You, you have to have a dish called just get <laughs> jiggy with it. <laughs> you know, you are giving me so much material. I, I'm going coming back to my restaurant. And by the way, if you do get jiggy with it, yeah. you have to have the girls in the back are going, na 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 Come on. I agree. I agree. That's definitely going to be the case. All right. So th- that was weird. So it that just didn't just work. got 86. Yeah, 86. Okay. Yeah. So now, conversely, yes. what's the one dish you put on the menu saying, well, this is never going to sell and everybody gets it? Right. So that is our rock the boat. Now, where, where's your song? I'm ready for you. 
Oh, I don't know. A Rock the Boat Baby. <laughs> so, yes, there's a Rock the Boat Baby, and there's also um, a Rock the Boat song by Aaliyah. So, it, it could be whatever you want it to be, but that is our fried catfish. Braised collard greens with a Creole sauce over some Now, when grits. you say fried catfish, is it deep fried? Deep fried. Uh, what other way is there? You let well, me know. Well, there's blackened. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. I mean, you could get it there, but we'll frown and probably right. boo, boo at you. But. Well, you know, if it's deep fried enough, you realize, of course, it tastes just like chicken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... How many dishes have you been told taste just like chicken? <laughs> right? Every single dish, rabbit, Deep alligator. fried cardboard tastes just like chicken. <laughs> and that's how you get people to eat it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, but the catfish is is is, is a winner. Yes. Yes. And what's on it again? So it's fried catfish, braised collard greens, gouda grits with a Creole sauce, and we do some fried okra on the side. It's All right. Delicious. So now you just give me the magic words again. Yeah. Hell with everything else. I just want the Gouda, Gouda grits. grits. Come on, let's go. I'm ready for you. Right? Let's do it. See, Gouda <laughs> is an underappreciated cheese. It is. It is. It is. And but there's, there's one thing better than a Gouda. You know what it is? What's that? A truffle Gouda. A truffle. I've never had truffle Gouda. Oh, I'm telling you right. You mean I gave you something you didn't know? No. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> and I'm appreciative of it. I'm going to try a truffle Gouda. Okay, name it after me. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> you got to tell me your favorite song, though. Uh, well, well, we'll come up with one. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, All right. I feel maybe they can't uh, get jiggy with it. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, get jiggy. That's after it. Peter. Get jiggy with the Gouda. Yeah. Get and jiggy. with Peter. Get jiggy with Peter. Na, 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 na. There you go. So now, having said all that. Yes. Tampa was never really known for this kind of a food scene. Of course. Of so course. you had to like hope that people would get into it. Yes. Seriously. Yes. What changed? I think a lot of things, right? So we were dealing with, in the, we were dead smack in the middle of COVID. We were dead smack in the middle of civil unrest. Uh, we are um, 100% black owned business. And I think people were being more, with the wake of uh, George Floyd and things like that happening, uh, people were very inquisitive about black owned businesses. And so it was a prime time for them to kind of investigate. Well, isn't it somewhat ironic that they came to support a black owned business and actually decided they liked yeah. it? <laughs> Let me tell you, we could do a whole show about that <laughs> a whole show because their stigmas attached but i think that uh in, in their investigation they found that this is great customer service the food is delicious and it's it's a vibe we eat vibe and flourish that's our motto so say that again eat vibe and flourish i like that yes <laughs> I, and you forgot the new the new additional code yeah get jiggy with the gouda get, get jiggy with the gouda for peter <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jamaris Glenn. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, have you ever done anything with that pharmacy degree? I, I was a pharmacy manager for 13 years. Absolutely did not care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that concept. <laughs> My thanks to Chef Damaris. And now for a little troubling news. If you happen to be sitting on a lot of unredeemed frequent flyer miles, Gary Leff, the founder of ViewFromTheWing.com, has a special report on how tough it's been and get ready for this, how tough it's going to continue to be to redeem those hard-earned miles. Always interesting, always funny, sometimes a little intriguing to the point of I have to question what I'm doing. Mr. Gary Leff, how are you? I would never question what you're doing, Dr. Greenberg. <laughs> well, let me share a story with you because you write about this stuff all the time. I have a lot of mileage that I haven't redeemed. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this show who are in the similar predicament. And every once in a while, you want to, like, you know, humor yourself and go online to see, well, what can I redeem my miles for, assuming they're going to even give me a ticket that's available. And uh, I wanted to get down to South America. I went on uh, the Delta website, punched in my account number and logged in. I have a humongous number of miles, so I'm, th I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And I said, okay, I want to go from Atlanta down to Santiago. And uh, what what 
what did coach ticket cost? Now, in the old days, Gary, you do remember the old days, don't you? In the old days, you know, a, a coach ticket might be 40,000, maybe 50,000 miles. Uh, maybe 35. Well, now we're really getting back to, yes, maybe 35. Um, now, today, Delta wants 70,000. And, you know, there's a little sticker shock there, but I figured, okay, I understand that. Times have changed. But then I just decided, well, what would it cost you to go like business or business first or, or their Delta 360 class? And that's when they, the paramedics had to be called. <laughs> they wanted 745,000 miles for a ticket. Now, here's the way I do the math, right? If 54% of all mileage earned is earned on the ground, with credit card purchases, of course. That means if you, let's say you got a 25,000 mile award ticket, assuming those even are available. If you do the math, you spent $14,000 minimum to get that ticket, not counting the miles you flew to bring it up to 25,000. And that's an expensive free ticket. Well, let's apply that same formula to what they wanted for the first class ticket. 40, 54% of 745,000 is something like 420,000 miles. Now, at 420,000 miles, that's not miles. That's $420,000 that you spent to get that 745,000 miles. Now, here's my question, Gary. At $420,000, I could charter the entire plane and I, right, can, but, I you know, <laughs> not only could I charter right. the entire plane, I could charge all my friends ten thousand dollars for the ticket and make a profit. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. Or, yeah, so yeah. here here here's the first thing: where the mistake you made that buys into the you know the story they're selling is you said this is how much you have to spend on the card to get a free ticket. It's not a free ticket. If you put $420,000 on a credit card, you've got an opportunity cost. The money that you didn't put on, say, a credit card that earned, you know, a no annual fee card that earned 2% cash back, you've given up. It's cost you over $8,000 for that ticket, right? So every time you put a dollar's worth of spending on a credit card, there's another credit card that you did not put it on and the alternative rewards you might have uh, received. Now, Delta, it has. this is nothing really new. Delta has been worse than competitors in terms of the value of their miles for many years. In 2009, I first referred to them as their, their, their currency as Sky Pesos, and that sort of caught on a little bit. Um, they've been you know, the king of low-value redemptions forever. But it has gotten worse, and it usually gets worse when nobody's looking. They massively increased the price of award travel on their partner airlines um, during the pandemic, and they did it more than once. Now, in fact, if the lowest-cost awards they offer are available to partner airlines for fewer miles than they offer those awards to their own uh, members. I've documented cases where a one-way ticket on Delta, say business class to Europe, might be 180,000 miles or more. But if you had Virgin Atlantic miles, you get the same Delta seat for 50,000 miles with Virgin. 
So, you know, you're better off with almost anyone but Delta. In fact, even if what you wanted for some reason were Delta miles and you're not trying to earn Delta status, you're better off putting spending on an American Express membership rewards card. Uh, those cards earn points usually faster. They have accelerator categories, you know, 4X on dining, 3 on travel. And those points transfer to Delta if you want or to other places. You can earn more miles with Delta from non-Delta credit cards, um, and you get that uh, flexibility. But yeah, when it comes to premium cabin international awards, um, Delta is in a class by themselves. Uh, the head of the SkyMiles program has said their goal is not primarily offering members the, the best value for their miles. Um, but if you want to get the most out of your Delta miles, uh, the way those tend to values tend to come about are they, they run these flash sales. Now, they don't have an award chart, so there's no, quote, regular price, but they will um, occasionally, for a day or two at a time, drop the price on certain awards, and those are usually coach awards. Uh, if you want to travel you know, domestic coach or to the Caribbean, you can sometimes find a one-way uh, coach ticket as a sale for, you know, five, seven, ten thousand 10,000 miles. Um, but you got to be, you know, on it and grab those. And it's usually seats that they're not selling out. And I find, you know, that, you know, I have a ton of miles as well, but I do my best not to have a ton of Delta miles. I hear you. So if anybody's listening to me right now who went online and saw the redemption level of 745,000 miles, if you actually redeemed 745,000 miles for that ticket, I want you to call me because I'm going to come <laughs> over to your house and slap you. Oh my and God. This, and, and, and this is a, a point that I just think Delta shoots themselves in the foot. They'd almost be better off saying the flight wasn't available than telling you that your miles are worth so little. Yeah, you know, you, you make a very valid point. So, this is the double edged sword we're dealing with here. I have all these miles lying around, but I am not going to redeem the, you know, those amount of miles no matter what. Simply because I would say, oh, it's, well, it's better than nothing. No, it's, it's, it's just, it, it hurts. Look, you know, for a while, one of the better uses of Delta Miles was uh, premium cocktails, wine and champagne in their clubs and their lounges. Um, and they even devalued or raised the price of those during the pandemic. So you get less value redeeming your points in their company store than you used to. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of places you can go for a great value with Delta miles, even though there are places you can go for great value with many other mileage currencies in my experience. All right. So if Delta set itself apart here as being so difficult and so draconian and less value, then at what point do people stop wanting to earn miles on Delta? Well, here's the thing. They've done this for years and they've found the experience. Historically, Delta has had um, you know, maybe somewhat friendlier crews. Um, they've had better reliability in the past. So this is less so uh, this year and last year. But historically, they've had a strong enough brand that for some reason they've been able to offer consumers less value in the mileage program and still retain uh, loyalty. They also have you know strong strangleholds in you know, hubs like Atlanta, but also you know, in Salt Lake City in the Upper Midwest 
right? You'll remember it back in the day, those old Northwest Airlines hubs, the Northwest executives used to say, you know, it's cold, it's dark, no one wants to go here, but it's all ours, right? And so you're sort of stuck with Delta and you don't think about more creative options. Um, and they've been reliable and people have liked them. And that's made up for a lot. So when they devalue, they haven't had the consequences in contrast to other airlines that have seen their the spend on their programs fall when they've devalued their own programs. So, you know, Delta hasn't eaten the consequence. Now, with less reliability from Delta, more times where we've had meltdowns, more times, you know, their, their, their cancellation rates have been higher, um, maybe some of that luster wears off. And then the mileage program, you know, needs to be competitive. Um, that remains to be seen. Yep. I, I think I uh, that they are going to have to spend on marketing if they're not uh, head and shoulders above the competitors in other ways. Well, I have a solution here, Gary, and, and please please allow my sense of humor. I want to re- redeem 745,000 miles on Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> on that oh, happy I, I, I miss the World Perks program. <laughs> my thanks to Gary to Dr. Damaris Glenn, and to Tampa Mayor Jane Castor. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, you know what to do. Just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.